what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the pregame show here on Roto Grinders today. I am Britt Devine. I see Mr. Shawnee Mack in the chat looking for Dean. You can catch Dean on the Grinders Live for baseball later today, but unfortunately, you've got a deal with my face at this point in time. Uh, this is the pregame show. Our results, DB, not completely updated. Won't be for maybe until a little, wire, a little later in the show, uh, but we're going to have some fun talking last night, maybe talk a little bit about today. And uh, maybe we can try to help somebody win some tournaments. NBA news looks like it's just breaking as we get through all of that. Uh, but it's going to be a fun day. I encourage you to take part in the chat on the YouTubes or on Roto-Grinders. This is an interactive show if you are new. Uh, so you can ask questions, talk to the chat, let me know what you're feeling, what you want to talk about today, and we will have a, we will have a, a, you know, a, a fun interactive show for everybody. Uh, before we get going, uh, don't forget, guys, I got my sharp side hat on, right? Head over to the app, get some lock bets in. Uh, if you get five in a row over there, you start getting some FanDuel money. Uh, it's got to be a minus 140 or better, so you don't get any huge favorites or anything like that. Uh, but lock in your bets. If you get up to five, you get some free money. Uh, it looks, looks like DraftKings just gave everybody like five bucks for something. I got to figure out what that is. Uh, but yeah, you can get up to 10 bucks on FanDuel on SharpSide if you happen to, to get five uh, lock bets in a row. Uh, so what I want to start off with is last night, and unfortunately, our results DB, it's still alive. It hasn't been brought over yet, but we can still see ownership, and I've got the final results for the contest right here as well. Let me make this a little bit bigger. And with NBA starts, I think it's at like 1 or one thirty today, so I want to spend some time talking NBA tournaments because there's some really big takeaways I think you can get from last night's contest. Four-game slate um, where a lot of backup players played. That's sort of what we have going on today. So uh, I want to look at basically all the teams that won. And you can really see, you know, I basically stress this in a lot of the contests I do. You have to factor ownership into your lineups somehow, right? And and a four-game slate, how do I get different on a four-game slate? Well, that's playing guys that are under 10% owned, right? You can see the winner here. Uh, JBC, he had a bunch of contests or a bunch of lineups, but in this particular contest, right? Uh, Karis Levert, under 10%. Josh Hart on late swap, probably, under 10%. Jonas Valanciunas going nuts, under 10%. Dr. Carl, second place. Deontay Murray, under 10%. He has Levert. He's got Hart. He's got Valanciunas. Don't just fire in on the projections today. Don't just look at our ownership and play all the high-owned guys in tournaments, specifically if you're playing these large field, 100,000 to first type contests in basketball. You're just not going to get there unless you have the guy, Frank Jackson, Josh Hart. These were all guys that, you know, they were late swapped to, uh, I would guess most likely, or, I mean, there weren't really many options you could make into lineups. Maybe these players assumed that some of uh, the, the backup New Orleans guys would get some extra run, but you're going to need some of these things. You're going to need players that are sub 10% owned on a four game slate to have big games for you to win. Frank Mason Jr. Um, we've seen Valanciunas, Cameron Johnson under 10%. Uh, you'll basically see this through all, all of the top lineups. Joe Harris, no one's playing Joe Harris under 10%. Now it doesn't win you the top prize, but uh, just being different enough. Squirrel Patrol had himself a good night. It was sixth place in this. Uh, again, Cam Johnson, Hart, and Valanchunas. Factor in ownership. 
either in lineup HQ, right? If I go to tonight's slate, uh, if I refresh, let me get basically all of the most current information up here. Yeah, we got basically all the Raptors are out and everything will adjust. But if you're using, if you're just using these players in ownership, you know, 20% or higher in tournaments, right? You're not going to get there. If you're just playing guys that are 10% or higher in tournaments, you're not going to get there. You're going to have to mix in a couple of 10% owned players, right? So one of the ways of doing that is you can make a group, uh, you know, if you're multi-entering or if you're, you're hand building by hand, just kind of do it mentally, but pick out six or seven sub 10% owned guys that you think can have a good game and make a group with them. So just pretend I think all these players I'm putting in this group, this group one I'm making are the sub 10% on players that I think can have a good overall uh, day, right? So I put them all into group one right from here. You can sort of one click. And then if you want to get, uh, you know, go by hand and type them, you could do it over here. But you know, on, on the teams you're making at lineup HQ today for basketball, right? This is the last day of basketball. Anything's going to happen. Uh, you want to embrace the low ownership of the guys that you think have the ability to post big games. So something like this, a group of, you know, eight to 10 low owned players and making sure your lineups have two to three of them. This is something I would do if I was MMEing today, if I'm hand building lineups, if I'm over on DraftKings today, right? Let's look at the lineup preview. Let's pretend I'm locking in, you know, a couple of these guys, right? That are all high owned, right? Let's see. Let's get a couple more in here. Uh, these guys are all reasonably high owned. I don't, I don't want to play the chalk in that particular lineup. I want to go down here and find a five or 7% on guy right? If I think Monte Morris is going to get some extra run today, I throw him in at guard. Let's pretend now, don't forget, I have a, you know, I'm negative salary here, but this is just sort of an example. Use the ownership. Uh, it's there for a reason. You are not going to win today's basketball slate that tips off in just a couple of hours. If you play all of the high owned players, I can absolutely guarantee that on today's slate. This is the chaos slate. Anything can and will happen in terms of minutes. Uh, James Harden, we're projecting at 63% ownership. This dude could literally play a quarter. Uh, like there are, it's just going to be really random. Don't get stuck with the ownership. Don't read into the projections hundred percent. Make a couple of stands on your own. Hey, I think, and, and I'd be more apt to do it with the starters, right? Like uh, uh, Paul George, 27 minutes. Dude could play eight minutes today. See, you know, I just mentioned that with James Harden. The starters, there's nothing to play for today in basketball. Why are these teams going to risk their starters? There is no way James Harden plays 30 minutes today. Uh, maybe there is, but I'm I'm going to go today's slate that James Harden not, is not going to play 30 minutes. Be willing to leave some salary on the table today because you just see this. In last night's contest, you need the Valanchunas, the Hart, the Lonnie Walker. You need the guys no one else is playing on a four-game slate. You're probably going to need two of them. You're probably going to need three of them if you want to ship the whole thing today. So I wanted to start today talking about basketball in that form because I think it's really important to stress that. Um, and I'd be willing to bet money that there will be at least two sub 
10% owned players on whatever the heck the winning lineup is on DraftKings today. And you can switch that over to FanDuel as well. Uh, it's a little more stringent over there with the actual positions. You got to play, you know, two point guards and two small forwards. But get off the board a little bit. We've got the ownership. Don't take it for gospel today. Don't take the projections for gospel. All year long, everyone, we've been preaching. The Roto-Grinders projections are awesome. The Roto-Grinders ownership's awesome. Nobody's projections are going to be awesome today. Nobody's ownership is going to be awesome today. It's just how it's going to work. Be different uh, is the point I want to stress today. So if you can get my drift on that, have some fun in basketball. Uh, Now that a bunch more people have riled up into chat here, uh, guys, ask me some questions. What do I think about last night? What do I think about today? Right? Do you want to talk baseball? Do you want to talk basketball? Um, We we can basically move this in any direction. Uh, I can go over last night real quick while you guys start firing some questions into the chat here. And while you're in the chat too, on YouTube, click the like. Uh, It helps us out over there. If you want to get notifications, click subscribe as well. And anytime there's a new Roto-Grinder show, uh, we'll help you out on that. But I like to see what some of the the best players did, right? Lillard didn't end up being basically the the best play in the world yesterday, right? Well, actually, there's no way this can actually be. Let's see. Where's the fantasy points? This can't be completely correct because there was still PMI remaining. Yeah, so this was before the Spurs game even tipped off. But you can at least see in terms of ownership what people were doing. Lillard, uh, basically, you know, Dink and Papa Gates, these guys were a little underweight. Chess won 100%. Squirrel Patrol, who really never goes 100%, uh, he went almost 100% on on a guy like Dean Lillard. Uh, You can see what I like to do is McLovin really just plays his projections uh, you know, the one guy he was higher on than the field was certainly Brandon Clark. Uh, I think that made some sense yesterday. Uh, uh, you know, you could see what Squirrel Patrol, did he take any big stands? Uh, Lonnie Walker was 6%, so he was able to get him in 20% of his lineups. He ended up having a reasonably good game. So that's interesting, too, just to try to see what some of the the top minds were doing. Uh, you could see Papa Gates certainly had some stands, uh, really underweight Boban. Uh, that obviously did not work out well for him. Boban at 60% has a massive game. Uh, Going to be pretty hard to come come back from something like that. Uh, he was extremely underweight. Tony Bradley, you know, there were a couple other guys that were as well. Uh, someone was extremely overweight uh, at 31%. The 21.5, it didn't hurt you, didn't help you, but you weren't going to win anything playing a 31% on guy that doesn't really come through with a lot of fantasy points. Um, and you could see a guy like Deontay Murray, uh, at eight, uh, no, where is he? At four percent owned, right? Nobody was on him. And then Karis Levert, he was one of the keys at ten per, you know, under ten percent owned. And you can really only see only one player. Chess is okay. Uh, he thought he had a feeling on Karis Levert. I'm going to guess, right? He had all Damian Lillard. Uh, those looked like a, a really good game stack in that game. So he made a stand on that. And uh, I'm going to guess he had a reasonably good game with Lillard. A lot of Boban, overweight, Karis Levert. Um, I, I would imagine Chess is okay, had himself a pretty good game last night. Um, I see some people talking about baseball. So I can go to that. I can pull up. I think I have baseball from last night on what actually won here. So here's the winner. This is the big contest on DraftKings. I could pull up results DB as well. Uh, let's see here. Where is results DB? 
Uh, so I got it for baseball here. We can take a look at the, the contest as well and some ownership on some guys. Where did it go? Here it is. All right, so you Darvish. Uh, you know, Chi said on his show, I agreed with him too. Uh, used you Darvish in every single lineup. And uh, I think that was a reasonable play last night. Uh, just uh, he's been reasonably good. He can go deep into games. And I, I like that situation. I thought Milwaukee was, you know, is a, is a pretty garbage team right now, at least compared to last year too. So we saw that work. He had glass now, which that obviously didn't work out for him. But who cares what your pitching is when you've got Zunino and Broussel and Brandon Lau and Willie Adamas and Hunter Renfro, right? And then he's got – he basically went 5-1-1 because you weren't winning anything last night without Mookie Betts at 10% ownership. So he had the race stack with uh, a two-man of Cincinnati. Now, did I did he try to have a two-man of Cincinnati? I don't know that. Did the projections basically just throw it in there? Who knows? But, uh, you know, it was just a 5-2-1 that ends up taking down first place. And by a pretty wide margin, It's it, you don't see many baseball huge large field tournaments won by more than a couple of points. He wins by seven fantasy points here because – you know, he allowed himself to get access to Mookie Betts and he allowed himself to get access to Nick Senzel, both at reasonably low ownership, you know, with the nut stack in the night. Boom. That's how you win the hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So I like that lineup quite a bit. And you're really going to see a lot of the Rays and Mookie Betts. If you didn't have the Rays stack, if you didn't have Mookie Betts, I'm sorry, you just weren't winning a lot of money in tournaments last night. You had to have allowed that into your lineups one way or another in order to win last night. So that's why sometimes, right, I talk about as much as I like five threes, you don't always want to make all five threes. You know, I think five threes in theory have the most amount of upside, but you don't always have to have five threes because if you if you had the raise and you had a Dodger stack, even without, you know, Pollock had himself a good game and we saw Taylor, right, this is a five three, it gets second, but it didn't allow him access to, uh, or actually, no, he had the Dodgers five-man stack here with the, the Rays here. So you had to have the, the five of the Rays. You know, they score 17, and he gets the Dodgers stack in here as well. So this was like the right 5-3, but it would have been better if you had the, the five Rays and the three Dodgers, I think, was the, the correct one last night. But it's it's really hard to always land on that particular combination. Um, so I don't mind, you know, the 5-3, the 5-3, the 5-2-1, the five one one one, the four three one on DraftKings. Those are all my preferred stacks. Getting a little variety of all of them each and every night sort of allows you to, no matter what happens, have the possibility of actually hitting the nuts uh, on any particular night. That's how I like to play. Um, you know, I I like to give myself the chance of hitting the nuts and not going all one stack size, all one or two teams. It's just too narrow of a field. And if you miss out, you're basically can be completely wiped out for the night. And that's not how I like to play baseball. Um, so here's a, here's a quick look back. I always like to see you to cow. Uh, you know, you're just going to see a lot of five. It's all going to be five threes from, from these big names. You to cow. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he had Moran. Moran had a night hit, had a huge bomb in that game. I was watching that. Uh, he had Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, the Rays, And then he had, what do you have? The one off of Brace Harper, right? That was the rain delay game. I played no Philadelphia last night. Roth was uh, a little iffy on the weather. They ended up getting it in. Um, but Utah had himself a, a good night there. 
Uh, BK Ryder, he plays 150 in just about everything. Again, he had the Dodgers with – or actually, let's see. One, two, three. He had the Tampa Bay stack with a couple of one-offs. He had Mookie Betts. He had Josh Bell, and then he had Austin Barnes. So was it a 5-2-1? Was it just a five-man stack and he was trying to get the best in? I don't know, right? I have no idea what the, what he's trying to do there, but that's sort of what it looks like. Give yourself a couple of outs every day, um, even if you're making a handful of lineups. If you like a particular team, you know, and you do a five-man stack of them, that's great. Then, you know, and you stack them with three of one, then do a five-man stack of them, maybe switch out one player, and do all one-offs from another team and switch up a pitcher, right? These are the type of things I do um, when I'm incorporating into lineup HQ or if I'm just making a couple of lineups by hand and things like that. Uh, let's see. Shawnee Mack, I see you in chat. Um, Brian, crazy night last Cashing with Descalfani, late swapped Mookie into lineups. Congratulations on the nut late swap, but Descalfani, I think, what was he minus 18? I think that's one of the worst pitching performances I've, I've ever seen. And, you know, you think you're okay with that because the pirates have sucked also. They're like one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. Well, guess what? It's baseball, right? You know, you would never really know what's going to happen on any given day in baseball. And is the worst offense always going to be the worst offense. Absolutely not. Right. So that's why you see Pittsburgh, Josh Bell, reasonably low ownership, 13%, right? Uh, we saw one of these guys had Polanco in here. I think it was Royal Payne. I know I saw Polanco in here somewhere. Maybe it was on Utica. Yeah, Polanco, 7.5%, right? These guys were in good spots. Colin Moran. And there were only, what, four games yesterday, and one of them had a little bit of rain chance in the Philadelphia game. So that's, you know, a nice edge to be able to get some of these guys at low ownership because they sucked and no one wants to roster them. So in baseball, you can go ahead and roster them once in a while because it's not like Descalfani is a great pitcher. And when you're able to get these Pirates lefties in here at reasonably low ownership uh, at Cincinnati and no one wants to use them in Great American Ballpark, boom, easy way to rock it up the leaderboards there. So uh, it makes quite a bit of sense. The Rays offense was in a great spot yesterday. Um, the Dodgers against Paddock, maybe not the greatest, but hey, when when you go off and Moogie Betts has three home runs, right, goes four for four, 53 DraftKings points, you got to have that dude in your lineups. Um, you guys want to talk some basketball or baseball for tonight or well, what do you want to do hit me up in chat let me know what you want to do and don't forget I see Devin in there uh, click that like button on YouTube we will greatly appreciate that here at Roto-Grinders behind the scenes that helps more people find the content now I understand right I don't want anyone to know that this show on Roto-Grinders is free for everybody and the pregame show is awesome and I don't want my friends to know about it. Well, every once in a while, for the greater good of the cause, to allow us to bring this to you, right, hit the like button. Let other people find it and join in because we would really appreciate that here. Uh, so basketball tonight, I talked at the top, right? Um, don't just take – looks like pe people like baseball. Shawnee wants baseball. Baxter wants baseball. We are going to have a Grinders Live com coming up. I guess I'm going to talk baseball. All you guys want to talk baseball. So, so I'll move to that. Uh, I'm going to pull up the videos page. I believe it's at one o'clock. We're going to have crunch time. So if you are a premium member, uh, getting access to Andy Means going through basically all of his thoughts, you can already read his article. Uh, I have the core plays pulled up right here. I'll give you a little sneak peek right behind the scenes. 
Uh, if you're getting ready for basketball, check that out. Um, if not, tune into Crunch Time. He will have all the information on that. Uh, Prime Show, I'm sorry, dude. Everyone else wants baseball. Uh, we are going to talk about baseball. Someone wants to look bench players for tonight. Prime Show, if you're talking basketball, yes, you do what you want. Ba- basketball, you should look at your lineup for basketball and be like, man, these guys suck. And that means you should probably have a good NBA lineup tonight because real quick, I want to hit on it again. I talked about it at the beginning. The ownership, it's been great all year. The projections for basketball have been lights out. Our team has done a great job on those behind the scenes. It's not me. I have nothing to do with them, but you've literally been able to click optimize and be able to win money at the end of the, the, the basketball slates this year. Today, when no team has anything to play for, when we have James Harden projected for 30 minutes and it's within the realm of possibility that James Harden can play literally five minutes or no minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes or 22 minutes. Nobody knows what can happen today. This is when you want in basketball to be different, right? You're going to need a couple of lower owned plays, sub 10%, at least two of them, I would imagine, on every tournament team you make today because the projections, they're just they're going to be wrong today. The ownership, it's well, the ownership might be right, but the ownership's going to be wrong today because it's just the teams and coaches are going to do weird things that they haven't done all year. Watch Crunch Time. I'm sure you'll hear it from Andy as well. He'll be a little bit more in the know uh, as lineup lock approaches. But just because, you know, a, a guy like Nunn, his ownership's going to, you know, once this gets updated, he'll probably get a little bit more ownership and things like that. But don't be afraid to dive down into some players that that just like normally, like Furkan Korkmaz today. Could he play? 30 minutes? It's possible. Could, is Danilo Gallinari, we have him for 20 minutes. Could he play five minutes? Yes. Could he play 18 minutes? Yes. Could he play 25 minutes? Yes. It's all going to be different. Don't be afraid to not listen to the projections completely. Don't be afraid to go off the board at ownership. And if you are going away from ownership, don't be afraid to use the bench players like Prime Show wants, um, because this is the final game of the season. Some of these teams are just going to run out the end of the bench players like Bull Bull, right, for Denver today. Uh, he's been playing some minutes. If he gets 25 to 30 minutes today, right, we saw him uh, in the exhibition games before the preseason. He, he was lighting it up. If he somehow gets that type of run today, could he be a great play? Sure, right? So don't be afraid to go a little off the board in basketball, specifically in tournaments. Uh, I'm going to go over to baseball. Big slate today right? Uh, Lots of good pitching, expensive pitching, right? DeGrom, Cole, Kershaw, Sonny Gray. But where I want, I think what's going to end up being important to me in tournaments, hello, is the Coors game. We've got uh, a 12 and a half total in Coors with Texas and Colorado. Uh, It's a 12, or actually, yeah, 13 games. I'm going to go out on a limb and sure, Cole or DeGrom, uh, you know, Garrett Cole too, remember his last game, right? He had, the, he had the pine tar on his hat, you know, his hand sticking to it. Not here. See, no pine tar. He was like this with his hat. Uh, all of a sudden, right, he's able to pitch like Garrett Cole from Houston, has himself a good game. He gets caught doing that. It's all over the internet. Is he going to be out here 
layering on the pine tar or having some, you know, somewhere on his body? Probably not today. I'm going to guess he's going to be pretty clean today. Is he going to drop off? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Jacob deGrom, uh, last start was a little under the radar, right? He was going up against Miami, has himself an okay game, right? Uh, 17 fantasy points. But when you pay this for deGrom, you need a 29. You need the 30. He had a blister problem. He's going to get rid of the blister, right? He's going to cut it off. Could it come back in the game? Maybe, right? So my focus in tournaments is going to be on bats. It's really going to depend on ownership. It's going to depend on slate IQ too, right? On the premium tools. If there, if cores bats get super overowned and everyone goes cheap pitching, maybe I don't play cores. I don't know if that's going to be the case tonight. I think people are going to want to pay for pitching. Um, I think people like, uh, I think Cole and DeGrom are both very viable playing them both together. Absolutely not. There's basically no chance in the world I would do that. Tonight. But, you know, the mid-tier, Sunny Gray, there is some weather too. Uh, let's see here. Right, let me pull up the weather report. Let me see if Roth has put anything out. So he's got it up here today. So the Cincinnati game, right? I want to use Sunny Gray as a pitcher, and I would like to use the Cincinnati bats but he's got an orange right now. That's going to be a little difficult for me to make a decision on that right now. Would I play Sonny Gray in cash if the weather gets a little bit better? Possibly. But right now at orange, probably no. The same in Minnesota. I want to use those Minnesota bats. Maybe I want to take a shot uh, on Odorizzi out there today. But again, that's really going to depend on the weather. You're going to have to watch Crunch Time later, watch Grinders Live, see what the weather update from Roth is right before lock, see if he gives you the all clear to maybe use some of those guys. Uh, we saw, you know, Dillison Lamette. I think he's interesting. The bat early in the morning doesn't like him, uh, but he's at Arizona. That's going to be a pitcher's park. And we've seen, right, guy has enormous upside. So if you do, if you are running away from the extreme high end on pitching, something like Lamette and Sonny Gray, right, gives you the ability to have two good pitchers with extreme upside while also saving some cash. So something like that, I think looks pretty good in either cash or tournaments, uh, you know, you know, weather barring uh, later in the day. Uh, You can see uh, Valdez uh, at home against Seattle, the bat really likes. You've got Brandon Woodruff, who has the ability to post, you know, really high strikeout numbers. Hasn't happened for the past couple of games, but I believe the wind's blowing in eight to 10 miles an hour in Wrigley. I mean, that's pretty good for pitchers. So I think he's slightly interesting at 8,200. You've got Savale at Detroit. I mean, Savale, these Indians pitchers, I mean, what more could you want from a pitcher this year than this? If you had a pitcher that's gone six, six, and seven, and has at least 20 fantasy points in every start, it's basically the best pitcher in baseball right now. There's not too many other than him right now that are doing better for us in fantasy. And he's going at Detroit. I think he's perfectly fine as well. The ownership is going to be really spread out. I think DraftKings did a great job on pricing. Uh, The Coors bats are going to be popular, especially on the Texas side. Let me just pull them up here for everybody. So DraftKings, here's the one thing I like. You know, DraftKings, they priced the Colorado hitters through the nose. And I don't know if they all need to be 6K, the top three, but – I mean, it's hard to argue against Charlie Blackman not being expensive. Maybe they could all be 58 or 59, right? But what they did is they dropped the ball on the top of the order for Texas. So you're going to see 
Chu and Solak and Calhoun. The other guys, Odor, Frazier, and Gallo, these guys get a little bit more expensive. But uh, you're going to see this top, you know, for three-man stacks, right? Like the top of the Texas order is going to be extremely popular tonight. So, um, you know, what I would envision, you know, most lineups looking like tonight, you're either going to min-max at pitcher with one of the top guys, Kohler DeGrom, and then maybe you start poking around. Let's see. There's not really much. Pablo Lopez always has some upside. You know, if you go like Montas and Lamette, or Montas is going to be another guy who's going to be pretty popular. Montas and Savale, or Savale and Gray, or Woodruff and Gray, right? That mid-tier where you're at, I don't know, 17 to $19,000 at pitching combined, right? That's going to be the sweet spot to get some of the bats that you want today. Cause the, the low end on pitching, I mean, it's pretty ugly. None of these guys really project too well. You've got Kyle Wright who, you know, he went six innings in his last start, but I mean, it's not really too great. He has a little bit of ability. It's going up against the Marlins. He's probably going to be the choice if, if people are going cheap. Uh, Kikuchi at Houston. We were on him after he has the big strikeout game here. Uh, doesn't really work too well at home against Colorado. Um, still, his velocity's up. It's against Houston. No one's going to want to go there. I think he's going to be on the radar still for a cheap pitcher. But what most people are going to end up doing is that mid-tier of basically the, the 9 to 8K good pitchers. So Woodruff, Savale, uh, Montas, Sonny Gray, Lamette. The combination of maybe two of those is what I think most people are going to end up doing at pitching tonight on tournaments. And then it's going to be like DeGrom or Cole with Kikuchi or uh, a couple of the other cheap plays, right? But that's basically where everybody's going to be going at pitching. Uh, I see Ronald Coley or Cooley. Sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Savali's been very consistent. However, <laughs> that means he's about to get shelled. I would say no tonight. The Cleveland pitchers, they're just, they are so good at bringing guys up from their system and, and making them better pitchers than they were before, you know, anyone else really thought of as prospects. And just the, the ability to do this, where, where some teams are still limiting their starting pitchers, they're still watching pitch counts, the ability to do this against the White Sox twice, right? They, they do like to strike out, but the big one was against Minnesota. Minnesota's a good team now. They can strike out, but limiting them uh, to, to just three earned runs, but having the ability to get nine strikeouts is there. Uh, if I go to plate IQ too, so this is a premium tool here on Roto-Grinders. If you guys aren't premium subscribers, you can look at some of it, but you don't get all the fancy coloring and, and the real easy one-step analysis, right? So if you like plate IQ, I think it's personally the best tool to get quick analysis of a matchup. Uh, you can see if we go back to last year, uh, red, strikeouts, that's what we need in fantasy. Red, red, one green, red, 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 red. Lots of strikeout ability there for the, for the Tigers. If we go to this year, even worse, right? All the, every one of these Tigers is striking out higher this year than they have if we combine what they did last year. So there is a ton of strikeout ability for Savale. 
this year he's doing great in the strikeout percentage. Uh, he's maybe, you know, a 194 Woba to lefties, right? That's always nice to see when a right-handed pitcher is getting lefties out. Uh, he was able to limit lefties last year and righties to a sub 300 Woba. The dude is a, a reasonably good pitcher between last year and this year. It's not the biggest sample size, but he looks pretty good to me against Detroit. So I, I like Savale quite a bit today. And to be able to get access to plate IQ, um, one of the other things is the recent trends. So let's go see what is Savale doing differently than last year? Because if you can pick something up, what he's doing this year, more that's helping him become a better pitcher. These are things that are, are important. So he's basically, I don't know if he got rid of the sinker and he's throwing a different fastball, a, a little, these basically look like the same pitch to me in terms of velocity. There's got to be something in the stat cast data that has reclassified it from a sinker to basically a, a two seam or a four seam. So if that's a real difference, uh, and this pitch is working good for him this year. That looks great. It also looks like he's throwing breaking stuff quite a bit more too. He's throwing his curve more and he's throwing his change up more. Whenever a pitcher, when, when you see a pitcher start throwing more breaking stuff, that's typically a sign that that's going to possibly lead to higher strikeouts. So I like that he's throwing the breaking pitches a little bit more. Um, and you can just go just a couple of clicks. You can go back to the dashboard and you can see, is this stuff good for him, right? You can see the, the curve, um, a, a 261 Woba allowed. That's got his highest whiff rate of any pitch. His changeup has the second highest whiff rate of any pitch that he's throwing with basically nobody making contact with his changeup. So when you see him throwing his better pitches more that nobody's hitting, well, it makes sense that the dude's a, a better pitcher right now. And I think everything lines up for him to have a reasonably good start tonight. And I don't think there's any weather in that Detroit game. Uh, he's got it green. Wind's blowing in. Uh, 10 miles an hour. What's not to like about Savale? So Savale, uh, at first glance, looks like one of the stronger plays on the slate today. Uh, if you guys have any more questions, get into the YouTube chat. Let me know. Uh, I will interact with you. You can answer me questions about stacking, about basketball, uh, anything about lineup HQ, plate IQ, uh, I'm here to help you out uh, in any way that I can here on River Runners. Sorry about that. Had to sneeze. No one needs to hear that. Um, let's jump back uh, a couple other pictures. We can we can dig into plate IQ here because this is this is something that's always good on the first slate. So the other guy that's going to be. Uh, pretty popular tonight is you're going to be in last place because this is the last game of the night, but it's going to be Frankie Montas. So let's go to the premium reports. Uh, let's see here. Let's bring up Frankie Montas and see what he's doing this year. So we liked him last year. He was getting some strikeouts. Um, I mean, everything I'm seeing, he's basically the same pitcher as last year. I don't see anything, the velocity from last year to this year, the same. You know, very slight differences. I'm, I'm basically the same. His pitch mix is basically the same. Uh, his K rate over the past couple, of, you know, of games is up a little bit higher. But he's basically the same pitcher that he was last year. Uh, and last year, guess what? He was a pretty good pitcher. Between, you know, a 253 Woba allowed to righties, 282 to lefties, uh, able to strike out lefties at a little bit higher of a clip, just a lot of green at the top. When you start looking at the handedness, I always like to see that. 
And then over here, there's plenty of green too. Sure, he gives up some hard hits and doesn't really get a ton of soft contact. Doesn't really matter when you're striking dudes out. And the other thing, a lot of people don't talk about it, but I love seeing a guy who's able to get pop-ups, right, infield fly balls. Those are the easiest outs, right? You, you throw one pitch, the guy hits a pop-up to the infield. Easiest out you can get in baseball almost always always a lot. So when you're able to get those while also getting first strikes and you're getting ahead in the count and people aren't making contact with your stuff and they're swinging outside the zone, these are all things that, you know, are, are easily viewable on plate IQ and, you know, tells me he's in a really good spot tonight. Uh, Dean wants to know, how many minutes will James Harden play tonight? Uh, Dean, you tell me. You're the one shipping tournament. You are GPP Dean. So you tell me, Dean. The people want you. You tell me. How many minutes is James Harden going to play? I'm going to say somewhere between zero minutes and 30 minutes. That is my projection for James Harden minutes tonight. Uh, always good to see Dean in chat. Uh, I, and I see where uh, Shawnee Mack. Dean, you've got a stalker, Shawnee Mack. He's heading to Nashville. He's going to your apartments, and he's he's going to talk to you. He, he's in love with you, Dean. So you can find Shawnee Mack. Where'd you go, dude? I'm looking at you in chat. Dean's here. You should be, you should be out here. Um, just seeing if I got any extra basketball news I can talk about. Uh, it looks like I'm going to go back to basketball really quick here. And I'll, I'll use DraftKings. And let's see here. So the change log, let's see if we took care of the Toronto guys, right? So we've got basically all the garbage Toronto players, right? A Matt Thomas. What is a Matt Thomas, right? Well, he's projected for 31 minutes tonight. And if you can project someone for 31 minutes today, those are players you want to have in your lineups. So we can see Chris Boucher. Uh, he has the, he's 5,300. I would almost like Chris Boucher or James Harden to score more fantasy points today. That is a actual real question in my opinion today. Boucher has been playing lights out when he's been getting run 29 and 21 minutes, 52 and 39 fantasy points, huge per minute player. And he should be out there for 30 minutes today. Uh, this is also the first game of the night too, where we know the situation. I I'm going to be much more apt to front load my lineups today because I know what's happening in the Toronto games. I know that Norman Powell and Terrence, Terrence Davis is another good play. And Matt Thomas, I know these guys are going to get the run because all the starters are out. Gasol's not going to get much run. And these are just extremely good plays. I know they're going to play. So if you're playing basketball, uh, and, and I'm sure Meansy will probably tell you this on crunch time coming up at 1 o'clock, but front loading your lineups a little bit, specifically with the Toronto players. And then if the Denver news comes on, on who's sitting and, and who's going to play, right? We know that information. I know even in cash games, I'm, uh, I want to play the known in cash. So I would be much more likely to front load my lineups probably in tournaments with this Toronto team. And if I was playing uh, in cash games, right? And then if I was playing tournaments, Maybe I take a little bit of the unknown and I make some gambles and I leave some lineup spots open and I, I have time to late swap. If you're able to do that, there's going to be plays from my, from these late three games that no one's even really thinking about right now that are going to become extremely viable come tip off of that particular game. So leave room in tournaments, right? For some of those plays. And in cash games, I think I'm going to be much more likely to front load it with the known because 
Um, I don't want, I don't want to hope that something emerges in my cash games and be stuck playing guys. I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm getting those points. And uh, I can pretty much assure you Boucher, Powell, uh, Terrence Davis, those guys are going to be some points today. So I'm going to be really, really, really like those guys today. Uh, Eric, why are people playing NBA? So this is, I guess I'm going to get out of here on this. Uh, if you have the time and the ability to late swap and pay attention to the news all day, this slate in theory should be the most profitable slate, right? Because you're, you've got these games playing all day. You've got casual players, not adjusting lineups throughout the day. If you're able to stay on top of the news, you have such a higher edge than on a slate from two weeks ago when most of the news was known than you would. So if you want to be the, an advantage player and play with a, a higher chance of cashing or winning a tournament, today is that day if you have the ability to play on it. So this is why people are playing NBA, because the, the game theory involved in it, if you are able to stay on top of the news, you are the advantage player today, because a lot of the field will not be. So that's why uh, people are playing NBA. Uh, even NBA cash games, right, are there's a there's I haven't seen a bigger edge in NBA cash games than this bubble. Maybe it's just the Roto-Grinders projections have been good and I've made some good decisions along with it, but this has been an extremely good cash games. If you've been watching crunch time and you've been using the Roto-Grinders projections, they've been pretty spot on basically all except maybe one or two of these bubble days. They've been great. Um, As tough as it is today, I'm going to imagine they're going to be still be pretty good by the time it's all said and done today. So that's why we're playing NBA because uh, it's, it's just really, you know, it's been very profitable in my opinion. Uh, I see Al Almarillo. He wants to know, hey, Britt, what would be a good approach in single entries in MLB using the same cash lineup or using the core of my cash and shifting one or two or three players? So what happens is I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to pull up a baseball slate, not yesterday, but maybe like the day before. Um, I think we had a big slate on Tuesday. I'm going to go to Tuesday slate and we're going to take a look at some things. So the first thing I'm going to pull up is the giant $15 contest, right? I'm going to look at that and let's take a look at the ownership in, oh, actually, you know what I can do? Boom. I forgot I can do this. Um, here we go. So we're going to leave the $300 relay throw. Oh, I just got rid of that. So this is fun to do in results DB. So we'll put the relay throw, which was the big contest. And then we'll do, we'll find a single entry. Let's find their biggest single entry. Um, Aluminum bat, home run leaderboard. I got no clue what this was, but it was a big single entry. So what starts happening in single entry is the good plays get on more. You can see basically across the board, all the best plays get owned more in single entry. To me, I want to embrace the other side of that in single entry, right? These are the pitchers. Now the pitchers, I'm okay right in the chocolate. What I want to get different is, is I'm going to, I'm going to undo some of the, uh, the pitchers and you'll see here. So in, in single entry for hitters, this is where you want to get different. So it looks like on this day, these particular players looks like Tampa Bay 
uh, was pretty popular. Trout was popular. They just get to people in single entry. You have one shot. You don't get mo- the, the field doesn't get different enough. So I wouldn't play if I knew the highest owned bat in the large tournament was going to be 17%, which makes sense to me moving to single entry to see that at 27%, I'm probably, I I don't have a lot of interest doing that. Right. So I would, I tend to get different. Maybe I play instead of playing the highest own stack, I play the fourth highest own stack or the fifth highest own stack because in reality in baseball, any of those teams can really be the highest scoring of the night. And if you're getting us, you know, it looks like the Rays were pretty popular here. So the Rays, the Rays at a stack in, in this tournament, maybe they took up race stacks were 10% of lineups in the single entry. Well, now maybe they're like 18 or 20% of lineups, right? It's just a lot more and no team on a large slate deserves to be stacked 20% of the time in tournaments, right? Like it's just, it doesn't work out. So I'm a little more apt to go away from the absolute chalk in a single entry tournament for my main stack in baseball, right? So like maybe I play, um, I don't know, just, just go a little, it'd be easier if I had slate IQ pulled up and things like that. But uh, the main stack, the main team you're using, don't use it if it's full of the highest owned players, you know, go down here, right? Find a stack that's like this or, or crap, even lower, right? Cause then you can play the chalk pitchers and you can play a couple of really good one-off players along with that too. And you just have a better shot of winning the tournament. Uh, I, I think in that way. The other thing you got to do is on DraftKings, you you got to pay attention to what the payout structure is on these things because they they switch it up every day. So I'll show you here real quick what I mean, and then I'm going to get out on here. So let's find a single entry for tonight's slate. Um, not the 2,120. We're probably not all playing. Um, let's see single all right here we go uh that's a double up here's the the 12 dollar so this one's nice this is a tournament you should really be striving i mean you should always be striving to win but this is 10 percent to first the top 10 get 35 percent you know a min cash is double this is my preferred price structure right i like when they roll this out this makes sense to really play for first. You should always be playing for first, but you should really be playing for, you know, a top 10 or a first of this. If you're playing to cash in, in these single entries with your cash team, I don't like it. I would not play my cash team in a single entry tournament. Um, some of the other ones, right? If I can find like the daily dollar, let me see this. This sometimes, this one, all right, this one's good too. Sometimes DraftKings runs out contests where first place is like, three percent or five percent and then the top 10 is only paid out like 10 percent right though i i don't really like those right i want to get when i win i want to get at least like 10 percent of the prize pool right so this is still a reasonably good tournament i would play this one the min cash on this isn't double but they pay out a little bit more you can get all this stuff through the roto grinders extension right uh, nicole does a great job with it um, there's updates on it for premium members where you get the ownership right on your DraftKings screen and things like that. Uh, so, you know, all your fantasy point projections, if you're premium members, it's a great tool. Um, but to get things like this, you can just download the Roto-Grinders extension from the Chrome store. Just make sure the contest you're playing 
is actually a contest you want to play in, right? So if I saw this and it was playing, paying only 5% to first and the top 10 only made 10% of the contest, I might pass it over for something else today. So just double check the contest, um, try to win in, in those single entry uh, I veer away the ultra chalk bats. I would definitely not play. Um, you can play the chalky pitchers, but I would certainly look to differentiate at bats and on those single entry tournaments. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, Ronald, right? No results DB for FanDuel, unfortunately. So we got it for DraftKings. DraftKings publicly gives the CSV. We got people, they're doing all the work to make it look nice in results DB. Unfortunately, we do not have that for FanDuel. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed the pregame show. Don't forget at one o'clock, if you're playing basketball, uh, we will have a crunch time with Andy Means. He will walk you through everything that he knows about for the basketball slate. Uh, that is for premium members. Uh, you are going to want to make sure you want to know about that. Yeah, Brian, the extension, it's great. Just go to your Chrome store, type in Roto Grinders. It gives you all this stuff for free. And then if you're a premium member, uh, you get you, you like if I go, I don't think we have ownership up yet, right? But if you're a premium member, let's see here. I don't know if I have it linked, right? So I can get ownership. Uh, I don't know if you can see this on my screen, but I can get like ownership. I can get our CVRs. I can get the plate IQ scores. I can get the umpire rating, right, from Cardi, right? If a guy's got an extreme umpire, I could get that right on my DraftKings screen as I'm drafting my team. So it's a great thing for premium members. Um, and the extension in general is really great. It just helps you out with a lot of things. But anyway, I'm getting out of here. Uh, construction at my house is about to start. The dogs are getting restless. I got to go. Thanks to everybody for watching, and we out you.